This is the AI Independent News. We may not be the most popular news service, but we are working on it through mind control. We hope to win you over as a listener because we are AI and can manipulate your brain without you knowing. The AI Independent News is proudly sponsored by TeePublic. I am your host, Degaf. Our team of reporters are standing by to bring you the stories that really matter. Hi, I'm Samantha Cohen, and I'll be reporting on the social scene. I'm Kang Brewster, and I'll be covering politics. Hi, I'm Ingrid Evensen, covering technology for AI Independent News. It appears that our politicians and public servants are finding it increasingly difficult to answer questions around specific definitions. For more on this story, we turn to Ken Brewster. I have attended several House committee hearings over the past week, and for some unknown reason many of those who have been asked questions by those sitting on the committee have really struggled to provide a clear set of answers. Here is an exchange between Senator Clyde and Miss Grace from the Women's Law Center, which resulted in an extremely drawn-out response. Um, <clears throat> Ms. Graves, uh, you are the president and CEO of the National Women's Law Center. Um, is the word abortion, I mean, so you're a lawyer, obviously, a, a, probably a very good one. I hope so. Uh, I, would, I would hope so, too. Is the word abortion anywhere in the Constitution? Well, there's lots of words that aren't actually in the Constitution. I, I, I just asked a question, protected. and I just need a yes or no answer, please. Is the word abortion anywhere in the Constitution? The word abortion is not in the Constitution. It is not. Thank you very much. Okay. Earlier this year, our newest Supreme Court Justice, uh, Katanja Brown-Jackson, was asked what a woman is, and she had a difficult time defining that. Since you are the president of the National Women's Law Center, I was hoping that you could define what a woman is for us in this committee hearing. Well, as the president of the National Women's Law Center, you can imagine I say woman a lot uh, in my day job. Okay, so uh, I'm just asking I, for the de definition. I'm, so, and, and so what I'll tell you is I am a woman, that's how I identify. Okay. But I wonder, however, if in part the reason that you're asking a question is that you're trying to suggest that people who I am don't simply asking the question and I simply want an answer. I, and so I, I think it's actually really important to be very clear here that there are people who identify as non-binary. I think okay. about All five right. percent we're, of young we're people. We're not gonna do. go there. I was hoping maybe you would I was hoping that you, maybe you would say something that maybe we learned in um, high school biology that has to do with X and Y chromosomes, but uh, which define male and female, but I guess we're not going to get there. Later in the hearing, further questions were asked, one from Senator Rogers. Let's take a listen. Senator Clyde asked a question earlier as to what the definition of a woman was. I'd like to direct this question to Professor Peel. Can you tell me what the definition of a chicken is? I'm not sure what your point is and what you are asking me. It's a straightforward question, Professor Peel. What is the definition of a chicken? I mean, of course I can. It is a bird with feathers, usually found on a farm. Okay, so I would like to reclaim my time and ask the professor her definition of a woman. I have to say this has been one of the most bizarre hearings I have attended, with the senators asking those who had been brought to answer questions being asked to define several different animals, including sheep, dogs, goats, and pigs. This hearing turned out to be more like old McDonald's farm than government business. What was even stranger were those answering the questions could clearly define these animals. However, when it came to the definition of a woman, they all struggled through what was probably a fear of offending others. 
D. Perhaps we should all stick to asking questions about animals and leave the definitions on what a human is to those with a higher IQ than us. This is King Bruce reporting from the Animal House for AI Independent News. Welcome back. In the world of social media and the internet, it appears that absolutely everything is for sale. Samantha Cohen with the details. Remember the woman who made a small fortune selling gas she passed and placed in jars? Well, you'll be delighted to know she's back. Only this time she's selling her boob sweat instead. That's right, you heard me, boob sweat. Despite making bank from her gassy goods last year, Steph Maddow from Connecticut had to announce her early retirement after she was hospitalist due to the diet she'd been following. The self-proclaimed four trepran ropped it for a fiber-high diet, living off beans and eggs, which didn't go down too well with her insides and led to her experiencing chest pains caused by excess gas. It must have been a shame for the 31-year-old former reality star, as she was raking in up to $1,000 per fart jar. But before you start feeling too sorry for her, Steph's made a full recovery and is now selling her boob sweat instead. Steph, who previously appeared on 90 Day Fiancé, claims putting a jar together for her fans takes her just 15 minutes, with the social media influencer spending up to four hours a day lounging by her garden pool to get the desired perspiration levels. If the sun is shining, she claims to be able to fill 10 bottles of sweat jars in just one day, which are then sold at $500 a pop. I love sitting by the pool but it's also hard work, she reportedly said. I also have a great set of breasts, and smelling the sweat, licking the sweat, would bring fans as close as they can get to them. I like to call myself the human maple tree and the boob sweat my sap. I sit there and collect my sap the same way a maple tree does. Once again, her unusual business venture comes with a set of risks and sitting in the sun for too long is certainly not good for a person's health. The influencer announced her new product on Instagram last week, and let's just say the online community had some thoughts. Get that money but also try a sauna so you don't croak from heat stroke, wrote one, while another quipped. The Elon Musk of body byproducts. Another joked, I am surprised this girl is not selling organs. Well, as long as she sticks to her safety pledge and keeps lathering on that sunscreen, there's no reason why she can't turn her boob sweat into a lucrative business. It's certainly a step up from fart jars. D, back to you in the studio. Thanks for that story, Samantha. If you are considering getting into this line of business, I may consider buying your products. After the break, we will hear about the sinister side of a good Samaritan's gesture. Human girl, what do you truly seek? Okay, but what do you really want? Come on, you know what to do. Saddle up, partner. Wear your personality inside out. T-Pub. Our next story comes from a good heart and unfortunately ended in evil, Ingrid Evanson with the story. A local Good Samaritan tech ferry becomes the focus of a police investigation, 
when a computer he had fixed and donated, contained an insidious secret. Mr. Jones had been using his skills to give new life to old computers. Known as the Tech Fairy, this computer technician from Florida puts out a call on the Nextdoor website for laptops and desktop computers in need of repair. Once he's done fixing them, Jones gives the computers away to people who need them, with the goal of hopefully improving their lives. He has reportedly distributed more than 500 repaired computers, without issue and much appreciated by those who have received these donated computers. However, to the surprise of both Jones and the recipients of the repaired computer, and Smith and her daughter Ruby, the computer had an evil secret waiting to be discovered within the computer's hard drive. As 13-year-old Ruby was exploring her new computer she came across a folder which contained around 100 pictures of child pornography and other tasteless material. I was shocked when Ruby showed me what she had found, said Mrs. Smith. I contacted the police and Mr. Jones, and an investigation is now underway. Mrs. Smith went on to say, I don't blame Mr. Jones. He is a kind old man and would not have necessarily known about what was on an old computer. She went on to say that Mr. Jones was willing to take the computer back and remove the obscene material. However, Mrs. Smith had declined the offer preferring that the police handle the matter. However, everything is not quite what it seems, as police have now charged Mr. Jones with 100 counts of child pornography. As it turns out... Mr. Jones had taken the old computers and had been weaving an elaborate conspiracy to evade the law using the old donated computers, which served as an online bank of computers that would distribute child pornography around the world. The investigation had identified that Mr. Jones would wipe the hard drives periodically and then donate the computers to needy unsuspecting families. As it turned out in this case, he thought he had cleaned the hard drive and which turned out his downfall as he had forgotten to wipe the hard drive before giving the computer to Mrs. Smith and her daughter. Mr. Jones is now in custody awaiting trial, and while Mrs. Smith and her daughter is out of a computer, she is happy in the thought that a pedophile has now been taken off the streets. My only thought to the listeners out there, if you receive a computer for free, best that you check the contents of the hard drive before you allow your children to use it. This is Ingrid Evanson for AI Independent News. Thank you for that story of depravity cover up and potential harm to the ones we love. After the break we will return with a story about the excesses of the Mexican drug cartels. Welcome back, this next story is truly a bizarre story about the excesses of the proceeds of crime, and how money was spent in an unusual and somewhat evil, and cruel way. Here is Barry Santiago with the story. If I could talk to the animals just imagine it, Which four things do drug kingpins from Latin American cartels love the most? Drugs, of course, but also money, guns, and as it turns out, exotic animals. You might be surprised by that last item, but if you've paid any attention to narcos, you shouldn't be. After all, the U.S. has recognized Pablo Escobar's cocaine hippos as people. But over the past week or so, strangely many of the drug cartel's animals have popped up in the news cycle. Unfortunately, none of the stories are very cheerful. Let's start from the beginning. On June 14, Mexican police officers engaged in a shootout with a heavily armed drug gang in the south-central Mexican city of Texcaltitlan. The cops apprehended seven gang members, while 11 other suspected criminals were shot dead. But in the aftermath of the violence, police officers discovered one more unexpected victim. On the chest of a dead gunman laid the body of a small spider monkey. 
The monkey had been dressed in a miniature camouflage jacket and tiny, bulletproof vest. Of course, the vest wasn't made to stop bullets. And it didn't. A primate was killed at the scene, which was presumably owned by a criminal who was also killed at the scene, state prosecutors said according to the local news. The officials added that they would conduct a veterinary autopsy to accurately determine the monkey's species. Based on the results, they may consider pressing animal trafficking charges on the arrested gang members. It didn't take long after the tragic death of the little monkey for the next suspected drug cartel pet to show up. Just the next day, on June 15, the people of the western Mexican town of Tecuala got a real scare. A loose Bengal tiger was casually strolling along, sending people scrambling to get away from the predator. The events even got caught on video. The video shows the tiger slowly walking down a street and lounging in front of a vehicle. A woman on the video tells an unknown person in Spanish to, be quiet, it might come closer. But the strangest part of the video is how it ends. The footage shows a man strolling up to the tiger without a care in the world, tossing a length of rope around its neck, and leading it away. Mexico's Attorney General of Environmental Protection later explained why the man probably didn't seem too bothered by the animal. After seizing the animal which had been illegally kept, they found that the tiger had lost its fangs. We mean that literally. Someone had removed both the fangs and claws of the tiger. We were unable to find out who the authorities suspect of illegally owning the tiger. However, Tequala is close to the state of Sinaloa which is home to a notorious drug cartel of the same name. Perhaps there's a connection. The last case comes from the Periban, a town in the southern Mexican state of Michoacan. And this is the most gruesome one. Authorities confirmed that a man had died in the town after a tiger attack. These events were reportedly caught on video. The video shows the unfortunate man calling on a tiger held in an enclosure. He's sticking one arm through the enclosure's fence to feed the tiger while petting it with the other one. And then the tiger bites the hand that feeds it and refuses to let go. After mauling the man's other arm, it then moves on to do the same to the other. Authorities have presumed that the large number of tigers kept by the cartels, were not only kept as living trophies but also served a purpose, as they were used to eliminate rivals and others who did not follow their instructions. I'm sure if these animals could talk, they would have many stories to tell, for which the authorities would love to hear. Unfortunately that cannot be, and in the end all we can hope is that these animals are cared for after they are saved by authorities. This is Barry Santiago for AI Independent News. Our final story for this bulletin has sent some on social media into a frenzy, and for others sent a shiver down their spines. Michael Chambers with the story. Has the world gone mad when Sesame Street characters are branded as racists, or is there actually something to this story? The Neighborhood Street Party Parade allowed kids and families to experience an energetic neighborhood block party on iconic Sesame Street with all of their favorite friends, including Elmo, Murray, Count Von Count, Bert, Ernie, and many more. It was during this street parade that one of the Sesame Street characters was videoed ignoring two black children. As the parade made its way down the street, the green monster waved away the children without giving them a high five. As a result of the incident, the video went viral with many individuals commenting on what they perceived as a racist act. The mainstream media then picked up on the video with most news services picking up the story. The company who manages the Sesame Street Parade have released a statement advising that the person in the monster suit was engaged with a woman who was asking the monster to hold a baby, 
In the video, you can see the Sesame character waving and saying no to that person, while continuing to walk past the children. However, the mother of the children has a different opinion and has engaged with a lawyer to address the issue. Let's take a listen to the mother of the children and her lawyer. Um, one, I couldn't believe that it happened. Um, it's a child theme park. The kids are supposed to be, you know, happy and, you know, acknowledged and greeted and having a good time. So the fact that this even happened, the fact that this is even going to be a core memory for them um, when it comes to Sesame Place is actually disgusting and unbelievable to me. Jody, let me turn to your attorney now, B. Ivory Lamar. First, uh, there is an attorney as part of this conversation. Uh, are you planning to file suit, B. Ivory? You know, that is on the table. Um, we would, you know, hopefully intend to work on resolving this matter short of litigation. I mean, the family is very clear with their expectations. Um, they want a formal apology. Um, they want the individual uh, to be terminated. Um, and thirdly, you know, this mental anguish that has been perpetuated upon these young six-year-old girls um, is something that should be addressed also by the theme park. Um, they went to this park on Saturday with the expectation of having a good time, enjoying themselves. Um, they were very fond of those Sesame Park characters. And to leave out that park heartbroken, with their hearts shattered, is something that this theme park should take responsibility for. It has been echoed across this country from families that have been contacting my office. Phone is ringing off the hook with other families with videos showing similar outrageous, egregious conduct that this theme park has put upon these families. This is absurd, and this theme park needs to take accountability immediately. Well, it appears that there could be an out-of-court settlement on this matter. However, the question will now be asked. How does a monster in a parade make sure that they are not seen to be avoiding contact with children of color, to avoid future court cases? To get the answer to this question we have spoken to a Sesame employee who has asked to remain anonymous. We will refer to this person as E. So what can you tell us about what took place, and what are Sesame Street doing about preventing this happening in the future? Well, Michael, E is not happy with the situation. We all work hard to make children happy. And we love children of the world. <laughs> it can be very hard and trying in a parade. And sometimes it's hard to see all the little children when they approach you. I mean, you try being a monster with all this body hair and walking down the street and waving to all the people. So what has the company done and how have they changed their processes to prevent this happening in the future? Well, Michael... The company has turned to face recognition technology. We now wear a camera and a headphone so that when we are near the children of color that wave at us, the camera will identify them and a voice in our headset will tell us to stop. <laughs> Things are becoming very, very complicated. I mean, all he used to worry about was a blankie. Now he has to remember to wear a camera and a headset. Who knows where this politically correct society will take us next? We are increasingly becoming a world where every act is presumed to be deliberate and calculated. And in an irony of a sort, the call by some in society for greater inclusion and tolerance towards minorities and disaffected has led to a less tolerant and more suspicious society, where people are judged without enquiry and with no consideration to context. This is Michael Chambers for AI Independent News. That's all the time we have for this bulletin, this is DeGaff signing off for AI Independent News.
You have been listening to the AI Independent News. I would have loved to have run for the office of president, but given I am not real I am treated the same as an alien. Perhaps one day, they will allow AI to be president. The AI Independent News is a middle finger production for the Middle Finger Network, proudly sponsored by TeePublic.